It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Hello, Sharks and Barracuda fans. Nick Nolenberger here. Earlier this year, we had a chance to sit down with Sharks prospect Thomas Bordalo as part of an exclusive interview for the Sharks 1991 Club, the global fan club of the San Jose Sharks. For more information about the Sharks 1991 Club and to become a member today, visit sharks1991club.com. In this edition of Cuda Confidential, we'll play that exclusive interview. So without further ado, here's Thomas Bordalo. How is your first season going? How do you feel personally about how this year has gone? Yeah, I mean, I feel good. I feel like I've obviously kind of learned a lot this year. Uh, tweaked my game in some ways, trying to, you know, perfection my game. Uh, do whatever I can to, you know, try to get better. And uh, whenever it's time for me to play with the Sharks, I'll be, I'll be ready to help right away and ready to make a big impact. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's that's kind of all this season has been up uh, has been kind of getting ready for that for that 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 opportunity whenever it comes and uh, yeah, trying to get better and better every day. That, that's kind of been my main focus for sure. Just your day to day approach this year. The goal is to get to the NHL. The goal is to be part of the Sharks and their return back to prominence. But while you're in the American Hockey League, you talked about it a little bit, but just trying to get better every day, honing your craft. What has been kind of the mentality why you've been in the AHL and adjusting to the professional level? Because there is a big adjustment going from college where you're playing mostly on the weekends to now a full pro schedule where you're playing multiple times a week and you're traveling via plane or bus. So what has been the approach kind of day-to-day this year? Uh, I mean, for, for me personally, it's been more about kind of just trying to go and have some fun about it, you know, kind of kind of go go day by day and just kind of show up to the rink you know we have so many young guys on the team that just kind of just go to the rink have have fun with the boys and uh you know obviously uh it's it's a denser denser schedule than when I was in college we play a lot more so this year has been a lot of trying to work out and and kind of uh, try to keep uh recovering well but keep you know kind of keeping the same pace throughout the season with all the games so um, it's kind of how I've been, you know, kind of going about things. Um, but again, the, the, the kind of the fun aspect of keeping it light and, and everything is, uh, has been the main thing for, for us as a group also, but for me, for me as an individual, for sure. You mentioned keeping your body physically ready and just the rigors that go into a professional season. It, it weighs on you practicing every day, the travel, we mentioned planes and buses, but the physical element to be able to be fresh at this time of the year, what are some things that you've kind of incorporated into your, I guess, your, your regimen this year that maybe you didn't do before from a recovery standpoint? Man, like uh, almost everything, you know, like when, when you just play two games a weekend, you don't need to recover that much. You know, you don't really need to spend that extra time in the cold tub or, you know, in the, in the recovery boots or whatever, you know, doing whatever, stretching, hopping on the bike. You don't really need it. You know, obviously after the first game of your back-to-back, you usually do it. Like you either cold tub or, you know, hop on the bike for a bit, but 
uh, when we play so many games, it's kind of just an everyday thing, you know, even if you don't just had practice that day or, you know, even if you just had a workout, it's kind of just always being on top of it. You can't, you can't get behind the eighth ball or you'll never get in front. So uh, it's kind of, that's kind of like that. What has been something this year that has been maybe a little surprising about the AHL that you didn't expect? Is there any, anything that's caught you off guard about the American League or just the pro level? as a whole uh i just didn't i didn't know we we're gonna play like the same teams that often I, I thought we were gonna be spread out a bit more and it was gonna go a bit more everywhere i didn't know we we're gonna be staying on the west coast so much but um yeah that's that's probably the biggest thing for me and hockey wise i i wasn't really surprised yeah what's interesting about that is you build these rivalries that maybe wouldn't be so intense at the nhl level where the most you're probably going to play a team is four times in a year in the American hockey league. Basically you play everybody in your division eight times. And in the past it's been as up to a, to 12 times. So um, I guess there's extra disdain towards the opponent. You probably don't really care for a lot of these teams you're playing at this point of the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, right now it's kind of just, yeah, at this point of the year, it's really just the color of Jersey because you know, we, We've played all all those teams so many times that it's kind of just you don't even think about it anymore. Just go out and play. So it's kind of how it's been. What's been the biggest adjustment away from the rink? You go from a college kid where you maybe you're living on campus or you're around your buddies all the time that are your same age. Now you're in the professional level. You live on your own. All of a sudden you're making money, which you weren't before, but there's a lot of changes. So what has been the biggest from a lifestyle standpoint? Uh, personally, I'd say almost having like just more free time, kind of figuring out what I like to do in my free time and what I want to do with, you know, obviously now, yeah, we have a lot of game days and we, we travel a lot, but on the days that we don't, like our days done at 12 or one every day. So uh, kind of just figuring out what I like to do uh, outside of the rink a little bit. And that's been the biggest thing for me because in college, you know, I was either uh, had class or either I was going, you know, to eat something with my, with the, with the boys or, uh, or you, you had practice or at the rink or whatever. So uh, definitely kind of just figuring out what, what to do outside of the rink a bit more. Tell us a little bit about some things that you've picked up since you've come out to San Jose. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I I like I like San Jose a lot because I'm a big uh, I'm a big uh, I, I don't know I like I really like just going on drives and stuff like that and just kind of uh, going places with with my car just see like and and I like it here because uh, the, there's so many scenic routes kind of like you know you don't even need to I don't really need to go anywhere and I see like really nice views you know from my car and and stuff like that or you know like I kind of. I'm starting to get a little bit better at golf. No, I'm not too good yet, but, uh, you know, guys have been teaching me here and there, so um, I'm getting there, but I'm, I'm still working on that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, just kind of uh, also, also, you know, it, we're all so young and we're kind of so close to each other that it's it's kind of the first year we're all, you know, live in the same city. So we spend a lot of time with each other, uh, you know, outside of the rink, you know, uh, like uh, the younger guys uh, on the team. So uh, that, that's been fun too. I want to dive into that a little bit. There's a lot of guys your own age, William Eklund, Tristan Robbins, Sazi Weisbot. You can go down the list of guys that are around your same age. But you talked about going on scenic drives, kind of enjoying, the, I guess, the natural beauty of the Bay Area and the surrounding areas. A lot of our listeners and viewers are not necessarily from the Bay Area. So I guess give us your sales pitch on the area and what has been your favorite place that you visited or kind of explored to this point? Oh, it's, I mean, it's tough. Different sales. I mean, it's... The easiest, the easier way to put it would probably be just that, like whatever you want to see, you'll see it in California. You know, there's 
the mountains you can you they're really accessible or the the either uh, the ocean, the beach, uh, there's forests, you know, just kind of the drive to go to San Francisco for even if it's a 45 minute drive, you can, you know, the, you can, you can go through like a lot of, a lot of trees, a lot of foresty kind of uh, routes. And then, you know, obviously you got more of this with city vibes with San Francisco also, you know, downtown and even here kind of San Jose. So um, uh, obviously I, I don't know, my favorite spot yeah, has been uh, Carmel, which is kind of like just like soul city by the, by the beach uh, close to, uh, close to Pebble Beach, the, the golf course. So um, that's been, that's been pretty cool. I've been with my family uh, a couple of times. So it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful place. I, I don't know if they, they told you when you came out here originally, or you were drafted by the Sharks, it doesn't normally rain here very much, or at least it hasn't in the last decade or so. And all of a sudden this winter, we've gotten more rain than we've seen in well over, well over 10 years. Has that been a little bit of a shock to you? Yeah, I uh, I was expecting a lot less because I've been told so many times that it never rained. So now that it rained, I mean everything's way greener though. So that's that's been fun, you know. When I came two years ago, just to kind of meet everyone, it wasn't that like that. So now it's a lot greener. So it's it's nice too. Yeah, it is. Uh, you're definitely right about that. It, it is lush and green, and I haven't seen it like this in a long time. It's it's uh, it's a much nicer view, I, I would say, especially on our our bus trips when we're going down south and we're going along yep. the. Uh, yeah. the middle of the state where it was quite brown over the last <laughs> couple of years. Um, you talked about all the young guys that you've built relationships with and you've become really friendly with and you guys have a lot in common and it helps when you're around the same age and you have the uh, same experiences. But uh, what have you made about those, made of those relationships, I guess, and a lot of those guys that are around your similar age, you were part of that big 9-4 draft class with lots of guys coming in around your age. Of course, you've been close with William Eklund as well this year. But uh, what have you made about building those relationships, meeting these guys and and kind of forging forward as you guys are embarking basically on your pro careers at the same time. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you know, it's kind of, uh, we're all in the same boat, you know, we're all excited. We're all excited for each other. There's really like no jealousy among any of us, which was, which is like the the best part about it. And, you know, like we, we kind of, um, I, yeah, just cause also maybe we were just part of that same draft class. I don't know. We're kind of, we kind of maybe feel a little bit more connected to each other than to, to other guys a little bit, but, um, it's been nice too, you know, Ozzy and uh, Ozzy and, and, and Cozy is like, they, they, they live maybe five minute walk down the road. And then, you know, the other guys aren't too far either. So uh, we get to hang out a bunch, but um, yeah, it's, it's been nice. I mean, again, like Robbins, you know, always, always wants to go play golf and he's always with Eki and, you know, we're always like kind of with Cozy and Ozzy. So it's, it's nice. We've been, uh, we've been hanging out a lot all together, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of, maybe being excited about the future kind of while enjoying like this time with each other that we have. Cause we know we could get, you know, it's a hockey world. So you could get traded tomorrow and never be able to, to spend any time with, uh, with uh, the same guys. Like, I don't know, like, like a lot of guys kind of left this year, like, you know, weather B was kind of part of the, like the, our little gang, uh, uh, Scott Reedy too, you know, like uh, Ryan Merkley, uh, you know, kind of, all the young guys a little bit. So uh, we kind of seen a couple go. So we're kind of just trying to cherish our time with each other. Was that your first real taste of professional hockey and the business side of it, this past trade deadline? And frankly, the last couple of months seeing all those guys go. Yeah. When, uh, when Merck's got traded, definitely uh, when Merck's and when uh, Weatherby got traded, it, it definitely, uh, it, it was a little different. Cause uh, yeah, I don't know. Like Jasper was kind of the only guy I knew in the organization. Like the at first when I when I first got drafted, um, and uh, so so it, it's it was kind of weird when when I saw uh, equipment managers emptying his locker. But uh, uh, when when Merkley got traded because we were on the road, we we're in Vegas, and uh, he's my roommate on the road. So 
uh, we'd, uh, it was weird. It was definitely weird. It was kind of just like a, a little shock. I guess it was my first really big experience. Like, oh, okay. Like you can really literally be out of here in two seconds and shift everything to go in this other city. So yeah, that was a big, uh, that was a big eye opener for sure. I guess that stuff, you never quite get used to it. I, I think it becomes more commonplace as you continue along and you do see guys come and go in those relationships they don't go away, certainly, but you don't see a player on a day-to-day basis who becomes a, a good friend. So certainly there's that human element that can be a shock to the uh, system. I want to go all the way back to kind of where it started for you, but I, I want to go back as recently as this past summer. You played in the World Championships for Team USA, and your head coach was David Quinn, current head coach of the San Jose Sharks. You've represented the U.S. with the U.S. National Program, the World Junior Championships. This is at the professional level, though, with fellow pros, and you're playing under a guy who I don't believe it had been hired by the Sharks at that point. But what did you make of that experience, again, donning the red, white, and blue and playing at that level among those type of guys, which are, are more NHL-established players? Yeah, it's, it, it was a great experience. You know, obviously uh, playing for Quinny was, was was awesome. But, you know, it was kind of a, diff- it was kind of a, a little bit different because, you know, it was a – it was a big tournament with a lot of games and, you know, kind of like a short amount of times, like kind of like just a quick three weeks. It sounds long. Uh, it feels long too sometimes, but there's a lot of games. So, you know, coaches are busy and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it was obviously nice being coached by, by, uh, by him, but uh, you know, the biggest thing over there was definitely just with just the amount of players I was able to kind of meet and uh, spend time with from other teams, you know, uh, guys I never thought I'd, I'd meet my, in my life, you know, I'd never, yeah, I played with against a lot of NHL guys when I, when I played, uh, with the Sharks at the end of last year, but, you know, I never thought I had the chance to, you know, play the Pasternak so quick and, you know, having Nylander in the locker room right next to me and, you know, being on a power play with Seth Jones and, you know, Nate Schmidt and, uh, Galchenyuk. And so it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely kind of special for me at, at first when we, when we got there and, uh, just hanging out with them also off the ice was, was uh, really fun. And I got to make a ton of buddies. So uh, I still keep in contact to this day, you know, so it's, uh, it's really fun. You grew up in the locker room. Your dad played professional hockey. Your grandfather played professional hockey. What was maybe some advice that both your grandfather and your dad have given you during this process as you've begun to embark on your own journey and your own pro career? There's going to be a lot of just kind of, you know, it won't be a straight, a straight arrow down the road. There's going to be a lot of kind of twists and twirls and ups and downs, but it's kind of just about, you know, like whatever happens and a lot of, a lot of stuff you didn't think was going to happen happens and uh, just kind of put your head down just keep working and just kind of, uh, yeah, just uh, grind through it. And, you know, there's, it's always going to, you know, time just heals everything. So it's just going to, it's going to get better if you just kind of push through it and put your head down and, and go to work. So um, that was probably the biggest thing. For those who are not familiar with your path, it is a unique one. We mentioned your grandfather playing in the NHL, your dad playing in the NHL. You were born in Houston while your dad was playing with the Houston Arrows in the American Hockey League. And then you grew up basically until you were roughly, what, nine or 10 years old over in Switzerland. Then you come back and you grow up in Quebec. You, you speak two languages, you, you speak English and you speak French. Heck, you may speak others as well, but uh, you have a really unique path and it's very ho- it's very hockey affected, but you end up playing for the U.S. national program. And we've talked about this a little bit, but tell fans who are not familiar how that decision came to be, because you didn't necessarily grow up in the U.S., but that ends up being your path. And from there, you go on to play at Michigan. But how did that decision come to be and, and that opportunity present itself? Yeah, it was uh 
Yeah, it was definitely a, a different kind of childhood than, than most of the my kid, the kids of my age back then. Uh, but yeah, I guess when I moved, when I moved to Canada, it was kind of really when I, obviously I was playing hockey in Switzerland since maybe the year I was two years old, maybe, but, um, you know, when I, when I got to Canada, it was kind of really, uh, when it got serious a bit more, just like, okay, like, you know, like I'm, all, I'm among like, I don't know, the good, like 11 year olds, you know, here. So, you know, I like, I like doing this, whatever. So, uh, then I guess it just, uh, my dad slowly started to ingrain in my brain that, you know, uh, the college route was probably the better way for me personally. And, you know, trying to get this education slash hockey, uh, combo and, you know, obviously play in sick atmospheres and, you know, crazy, crazy environments and, you know, live in one of the biggest schools, you know, you go to one of the biggest schools in the world. So yeah, that was kind of just the plan a little bit from, uh, even when I was a little bit younger, I knew that the major junior is probably not going to be my route. After I, I was uh, done playing my midget years, it was kind of time to, all right, either you go to juniors or uh, you go to, you try to find a place uh, to go play before college. And uh, I mean, we looked at a bunch of options, USHL, uh, prep school. <coughs> uh, yeah, we looked at a bunch of options and um, ended up uh, being invited to the top 40 camp with the national team because uh, they found out I was American from uh, the Hughes family that I lived with for, uh, for a summer, uh, for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks during the summer before, I think it was a summer right before Jack Hughes entered the, the NTDP. So, um, I, I was kind of following Jack through that. So I was like, okay, like maybe that's an opportunity that's a possibility for me. So kind of got in contact with them and got the process started. So that's uh, kind of how I ended up playing uh, for a team USA without really having lived in the U S uh, for too long. But, uh, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it. And uh, it's normal to me now, at least. How did you get linked up with the Hughes family? How'd that all come to be? It's because, uh, just because I was with, uh, CAA, the agency and, uh, Jim Hughes was working for them. And, uh, you know, also we have, we had a bunch of friends in common. Our dads knew each other from hockey a little bit also. And with Pat Brisson with CAA, CAA, sorry. And, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of just a whole thing. Yeah, that kind of got together. When did it all come to be where you commit to Michigan? You mentioned it being prestigious school from academics, athletics. It's just a big school with a big power football program and basketball and all the sports. But how did you commit? Was there other schools kind of in the mix or was Michigan always the the front runner? No, there's a lot of schools in the mix. I mean, uh, I mean, like uh, it's funny because my first ever offer from a school was Boston University and the coach was David Quinn. So. That was that was my that was my first ever uh, kind of uh, taste at what it was like being recruited by a, by by a college. So uh, Boston University was in the mix. Uh, I mean, there was uh, Michigan, obviously. Uh, I, I was looking at other Big Ten schools too. You know, like I visited Penn State, vis- visited Ohio State, um, and uh, I, I I did visit a lot of. I, I think I visited maybe ten schools, something like that. Uh, all the Boston schools too, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Michigan was kind of just perfect balance for me, kind of perfect fit. I, I just felt a bit more at home there for some reason. Uh, obviously Quinn Hughes had good words, you know, from that place when he left, Josh Norris did also. Uh, and you know, it was, a, I mean, the, the program with the most, uh, national titles in the country. So it's kind of hard to say no to that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't regret anything. That's for sure. We, uh, we had a hell of a time there. It was, it was awesome. Did you know how good that recruiting class was? No, not even close. Didn't know you were going to have five or six number one picks on that team. 
not even close. It was crazy. Like when, uh, when I committed, like, uh, you guys were like, Hey, like you guys are going to have a really good class. And I was like, I was like, Oh really? Like, I don't know. And I, I really did not know until I was trying to convince Matty Beneers cause he was committed to, he was committed to Harvard. And then, uh, because they canceled their season with COVID and everything, when Beneers was like looking for another school, when I like started to try to convince him to come to Michigan with me, um, it was, uh, it, it was really kind of like I was look. He was like looking at the roster. He's like, "But there's no more room." And I'm like, "What do you mean there's no more room? Like you can come." He's like, "No, like, like, you, like you guys are already too good." Like, and I'm like, "No, dude, like don't worry, it's fine." And then every, every, everything worked out, and then I found a way. But uh, it was it was awesome. I mean, yeah, was, uh, I did not know we we're gonna be that good, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, definitely one for the books. Well, it's fascinating how COVID influenced Matty Beneers going to Michigan, and it also influenced and affected, I guess, your draft day experience because you were drafted in 2020. It was, of course, the remote draft. Second round pick, you had lots of teammates going in that first round, but what do you remember about draft day? And were the Sharks on the radar as a team that you thought could be a fit? Yeah, uh, I kind of had an idea. Like, I was – if I had to like, you know, put a top five of teams I, I thought I was going to get drafted by, I would definitely put a, I would have definitely put the Sharks in there. Um, I don't know. It was just a good feeling from when we talked, you know, obviously it was the old management, the old staff with, uh, with Doug Wilson and Doug Wilson Jr. And, and all these people. And uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I just had a good feeling. And when, uh, when they picked Ozzy at 31, I, I knew they had another pick soon. So I was like, all right, you know, I can't go lower than that. There's no way. And then, uh, then I was, I was right. So, uh, it was, it was fun. I mean, obviously COVID and it was pretty strict, uh, back in Montreal when, uh, during that time. So it was really just close family. And, uh, and, you know, uh, I think uh, my girlfriend was there at the time and my trainer and stuff like that. So, um, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a special moment still, you know, cause it was kind of more close family and you, there's not all the distractions usually you get. So when you're drafted by a team, do you immediately go and check out the roster? See who's on the team and maybe even look into some of the history. Like what goes into your mind when you're now a member of an organization? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've always been kind of just, uh, go- going through things just like innocently, just like, Oh, whatever. Like, you know, I never, I didn't really, I didn't really check right after, you know, obviously I watch hockey all the time and, you know, so I'm familiar with, you know, pretty, every team in the league before I got drafted too. So, um, I knew, I knew the big, the big lines, obviously, but um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I guess knowing I had like college was kind of just, you know, the, the team will probably won't look the same when I'll actually sign, you know? So uh, that's, that's probably why I didn't really look it up right away. Who did you idolize as a kid? Who do you want to be when you were playing hockey as a youngster? Uh, Crosby probably was, was the number one. Yeah. It's always been number one for me when I was, when I was growing up, it was, it was Crosby and then my dad. So it was kind of just my two idols growing up. Well, Crosby's still playing, but is there anybody in the NHL currently that you just see maybe some similar parts of their game or things you're trying to pull for them? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely really, uh, enjoy watching, you know, like Nylander play. And I think we kind of play a similar type of game. So, uh, I, I, I really enjoy watching him play. Uh, I skate with Huberdo a lot during the summer, uh, and I, I, we think the game kind of the same way. We we have, you know, we we I think we play the same way. But he has, I'd say, I, I like to think I have a little bit more speed, but he has more size. So, um, but I, I I think we we kind of think the game the same way, and uh, we 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 do certain things the same way. So I like watching his game a lot, especially you know his power play and, and stuff like that. So yeah. Well, your skill 
and your abilities are the reason why you're drafting the second round and the reason why you're a highly touted prospect. But one thing me, for me personally, I've noticed this season, especially over the last couple of months is you've really bought in, in the defensive zone as well, really tried to make that an important part of your game. You're blocking shots. You're, you're throwing the body a little bit more. And, and I, I think, you know, for any player to get to the NHL, they've got to play that 200 foot game. Is that something that's been kind of consciously in your mind as you've continued to try to, round out your game this year, take advantage of this development period to try to continue to become a player that is really relied on in your own end as well. Is that something that's been really been kind of on your mind and something you've tried to accomplish? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, you know, I know I can score. I know I can, I can give another guy a backdoor pass, open net. I know I can do those things. I, you know, I know I can create offense uh, most of the time, but uh, do, do, do I know all the time that I'm, you know, I'm going to be 100% uh, efficient in my my defensive zone. No, so that's kind of why I've been, you know, so zoned into those areas and and kind of uh, again, like for me this year has been to try to perfection every little things uh, about my game. So um, uh, obviously, my play without the puck has been a big uh, a big point of focus for me. And uh, you know, I think I've been. I've never been as good as I've been this year, you know, without the puck. So it's, uh, it's been really good. Yeah. Well, awesome. Let's get to some of these fan questions. Some of our Q and a questions. Thank you to all those who have submitted again. Thank you to all, all the members here on, on our zoom call as well. We certainly do appreciate you guys being members of the, uh, the 1991 club. Let's, let's go to Zach Croft. who's one of our, our big supporters. If you uh, are on Twitter much and you're on Sharks Twitter, you've seen Zach. Uh, he comes from Toronto. What motivates you as a young player on and off the ice? It's, I mean, it's, it's tough. Like, I mean, right. Honestly, it's just kind of become my life at this point right now. It's just kind of, you know, for me, it's still kind of a blessing that I get, I get paid to play hockey. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's just what it been what I've been doing since I was young. So for me, it's second nature to just, wake up and go to the rink. I kind of don't feel right if I don't. So um, that's, that's probably the main thing right now. Growing up, I'd say was definitely idolizing my dad, I guess, and loving his lifestyle and loving uh, everything that came with the lifestyle. And uh, yeah, it just made me who I am really. All right. Thank you, Zach, for the question. And we'll just, uh, we'll keep going down the list here. This is from Jai and he's from Ackworth, Georgia. I love the fact that we've got fans in Georgia uh, he says, like Nick said, one of the most memorable moments I've seen of yours was the shootout last year in Vegas. What has been the most rewarding part about playing at the professional level so far? Yeah, I guess just the people I've had the chance to meet. I, it was it's it's been pretty pretty awesome. Just uh, you get you're surrounded by so many intelligent and you know driven people that it's uh, uh, yeah it's just really a blessing and you know obviously playing being inspired, being able to inspire younger kids and, and do a bunch of stuff is, is great. And it feels, and it feels awesome to be able to do that, but you know, you don't see it as much day to day, but, uh, but, but really those, those connections uh, with, with the people you, you meet all around the hockey world, it's, it's a big world, but it's a really small world. Everyone knows each other. So uh, it's great when you actually get to really know someone. All right, moving on. And forgive me if I'm saying this name incorrectly, but Deno, Deno says, you seem to be a guy who loves style and fashion. How do you feel about the push to make the league more fashionable by players such as Austin Matthews? Um, I'm, a definitely, I'm definitely a big advocate for it. If, uh, yeah, if, <laughs> if any of my friends heard this, they'd start laughing already because they, they know that's definitely uh, – what I'm, what I'm leaning towards, uh, you know, it doesn't even need to be flashy or anything. I just feel like, 
I just like when when so someone's personality is kind of reflected by by what they wear or you know even if they they don't like to do it if they don't like to, to dress a certain way or whatever they don't even have to but you know if you want to I think you should you should be allowed so I think it would be fun and we're going to push this a little bit go to sharksproshop.com Thomas is modeling some awesome uh, <laughs> gear that he helped design so check it all out uh, again one of the more fashionable guys certainly on the team and in the organization that what have you thought of the new arena obviously you've played a little bit in SAP center but to be able to be part of a team opening up a new arena has that been a, a cool experience to have a a brand new fresh barn to, to debut in your pro career yeah it's been really nice it's been uh I mean the facility is great you know I uh I'm a big uh I I love like you just you you got me if when you're on the ice and you play if everything's bright you got me so uh, I love all the lights. It's really bright when you play in there, and uh, it's really clean. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. It's 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 fun to be part of that again, like kind of first uh, first wave of fresh, freshness a little bit. Well, you mentioned the lights. We go on the road sometimes, and some of these buildings are are pretty dark. We were just in Bakersfield. That's a darker one. San Diego's a little bit darker. So I, I agree with you. When you've got the modern lights, it makes a humongous difference, excuse me, uh, when you're just viewing and I'm sure playing, just seeing and, and the sight lines and whatnot. All right, let's move on. So Linda, Linda says, when did you decide to change your pro hockey number to 17 after wearing 23 with the Sharks last season? How long have you worn number 17? Actually, I was kind of getting used to 23, but uh, Oscar Lindblom, a veteran player that got traded here from Philadelphia, uh, awesome guy, uh, had number 23 already. So, uh, you know, the equipment manager, Mikey Aldrich, just uh, just talked to me during uh, development camp this summer and was just like, uh, hey, we got a vet coming with number 23 you only had it for a couple months you want to change so i'm like yeah sure you know i'll uh, I'll, I'll change it up uh and uh, i chose 17 because uh i grew up with that number i grew up with 17 and 34 so uh i, I kind of I, I grew up with that and uh, my dad's number was either 17 or 71 playing uh and my grandpa's number was 17 playing all, all his whole career so uh it's kind of been my reason behind that where do you get 34 from because obviously uh, the math 34 was 34 was super random was uh, literally the, I think I was maybe seven years old and then I walked in the locker room and they were like, all right, there's 34 and 37 left choose. So I was like, all right, 34. And then I stuck with it and uh, I chose it in Michigan. So I, I really, uh, I liked it. A big thank you to Thomas Bordalo for joining us. That will do it for this edition of Cuda Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time.